Good morning, Midland Free. Good morning. All right. Welcome here. My name is Jeremy. If we didn't see each other earlier, continue to be glad that you're here to worship with us as we continue in worship today. Last week, our church began our new year with a sermon series in a book called Ephesians. It's a New Testament letter the Apostle Paul wrote while in prison. And we started, here's a slide, uh, we started with this eternal tapestry, or we, we brought out a picture of God's will. What is it that's moving this whole thing forward? And we talked about that beautiful sto- story of the Christmas tapestry. And we said, look, whether it's the stitching in the tapestry, or whether it's the links in the armor, or whether it's the unseen hand or the invisible force, there is this thing that is moving everything forward. There is a trajectory, there is a point, there is a purpose, there is a meaning, and it will all come together somehow. And we had that wonderful and beautiful assurance of the eternal cosmic will of God. Boom. Landed. Now, today, what I'd like to do then is peel back a few of the layers of that onion, if you will, and say, okay, here is the, here is the eternal will, but where does that come into contact with me specifically and us together in our lives? How does that interact with me? There's this big picture, yes, but how, where does that land when the leather meets the road? So how do, how do we do that? If you haven't seen that first sermon, I invite you to go back and rewatch it because this one is just building upon that. It's sort of pounding the nail in a little bit further and driving it deep. Because for me, my desire is, is I've been going through this text. I'm just getting blown away and thinking, wow, I really want the Lord to massage this truth into my life this coming year. I think if he does, at least for me, it'll make a huge difference. And I think I'm quite certain that if he does for you as well. So... To that end, I was thinking about how to tie these things together, and um, the Lord is faithful. He provides. The illustration he provided was this. A couple weeks ago, there was what I thought might have been a big snowstorm. It's one of those things you're kind of watching on the radar. Yeah, I'm one of those guys. I'm like, ooh, get out the weather channel. See what's going to happen. You know, like your great uncle so-and-so, maybe not that bad. But here I am watching my weather apps and stuff, and I'm watching this, you know, moisture come up from the south, and it's going to hit the lakes, and it's going to get cold, and I'm not sure if it's going to turn, like, blue and white, or if it's still going to be green, or some mix in between. And I'm watching it develop, because I've got an early morning meeting the next day, saying, oh, this is going to be interesting, what time, you know, we'll see how this goes. And sure enough, you know, it hits the lakes, and it starts to come our way. And I get up that morning and I look out my back door, which is on the, well, I don't know, my family always argues with just me front and back. It's on the east side, okay? I look out the east side and there's a concrete pad and it's just covered with this black ice. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad. This is going to be slippy, slippy, slippy. Oh, yuck. All right, go slow. It's probably the main roads. It'll be okay. So I get out to my street and then I discover on the other side, the north side of my house, there's like... Three, two to three inches of fresh powder. I'm like, oh, okay, not so bad. Or maybe worse, powder and then ice underneath. I don't know. But I'm looking at this and saying, all right, here we go. So I jump in my vehicle and I'm taking it slow and I'm being cautious. And what I realized along the way is that the way in which I approach this storm is fundamentally different depending upon which vehicle I might be in. Hmm? Uh, uh, 
So yeah, I'm starting with a truck story, but I've got a quilt here, and I'll get to that in a minute. We'll get both sides, don't worry. But I'm looking at this, and I'm saying, okay, if I go out there in a compact, fuel-efficient, electric, rear-wheel drive, slightly oversized golf cart... This may not go so well. I'm going to end up in a snowbank or wrapped around a tree. But if I approach this from the angle of a giant all-terrain SUV mega tire off-road package. Yeah, there we go. This could be fun. It could change from like, I'm not sure if I want to go out to all of a sudden, yeah, this is going to be awesome. And I'm looking at that, and I'm saying, aha, there it is, Lord, thank you. That's the approach I want in 2019. You know, there's definitely two ways to look at it. And maybe your positive self-help, mental whatever, mindfulness people are going to tell you, just believe you can do it. But that's not enough. Because when I look at this world, what I realize is there are many things we can't do. When bad things happen, there are some things we simply can't overcome. If I ask you the question this morning, and I'm asking you as human beings, not as Christian churchy people, I'm asking you this real question. What guarantees, like you can count on this, guarantee do you have in life? What do you have? What? Death and taxes, exactly right. First thing I got in the first service, exact same thing, death and taxes. That's it. Naked we come in, naked we go out, that's it. I mean, we can hope for a lot of stuff. We can go FDIC insured. We can buy insurance to mitigate our risks. We can spread our eggs over many baskets. We can do our very best to consider all the stuff. But we know that our bodies change, that our relationships change, that circumstances change, stuff breaks, we wear out, get old, and die. That's reality. And so when we approach life, we have this fundamental built-in concept that we've got to sort of measure risk and figure out how to manage that. And that's right and that's wise in our world because you don't just throw all your eggs in one basket or whatever. But... The hard thing is then, how do you translate that to an eternal promise of God, which is absolutely fundamentally guaranteed no matter what? We don't have anything to compare that to. I don't have any way to communicate to you how significant and powerful the will of God is. I can't come up with an analogy like that, so the best I can do is a truck. (laughs) A jeep splashing through the rain or the puddles or the mud. And here's the thing, though, that I want you to see in that Jeep illustration or truck or whatever it is. So when you go out and that storm is there and you're like, okay, here it comes. I'm not sure how this is going to go. If you get in the right vehicle, you do feel better about it. And you are more willing to take risk. And you are more willing to move forward. Because you have confidence that there's a good chance that you're going to make it through. Did you hear that? The reason you can go forward is because you believe... There is a really good chance you're going to make it through. Now, what if you had that in life? What if you had this confidence that you're like, I am sure that regardless, come what may, when the stuff hits the fan and the ceiling comes crashing down, it may stink, but somehow we're going to make it through. 
Is there any assurance like that? Is there any guarantee that we can hold on to? I think Ephesians 1 says yes. Here's what I'm going to do today for you in the next few minutes, hopefully, God willing. I want to take that eternal tapestry of God's will and unfold it a little. As I do so, what we begin to see is three different layers to a quilt. This is a quilt that someone made us. Was it Aunt Shirley or somebody else? No, somebody very special. (laughs) And we love it. But here's a quilt, and if I'm a guy, I'm just looking at it, and I'm like a blanket, cool. But someone who knows more about quilting will say, no, 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 that's, that's, not, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of effort. That's a master plan. And what that is is multiple pieces all stitched together in different ways, coming together to form a pattern. And what happens then is it's not just one sheet, but instead you have this big picture on the front, and then on the back... You have all the stitching that's holding it together. We called that last week the will of God, this eternal sort of invisible plan, weaving all things perfectly. But this, this backside, this is what comes in contact with us. We feel this. If we're sleeping on the right side, we feel the backside. We see the front, but there's also a bunch of stuff in between. There's things sewed in the middle that we can't see. We don't understand that, don't know, we don't know it's there, but it keeps us warm and holds it together. So too, the eternal will of God. And so what I want to do this morning is actually show you all three layers of this quilt without taking it apart. (laughs) Here's how we'll take it apart. Ephesians chapter one, here's an outline. Quilt is going to have three layers. If Ephesians one verses seven through 10 were a quilt, this is what it would be. Would have three layers. The first one, the first two are just biblical phrases. These are in the text. I want to be a textual preacher, and so this is what we're using, the text. The first one is in him. In him. The second one is, what is it? I heard somebody say it. What is it? Okay, let's do it all together. One, two, three. One, two, three. There we go. All things. Like if you forget everything else. Today, remember those two words. All things. All things in him, so what? All things in him, so what? There are three parts to this quilt. There is the eternal plan of God. And seeing it all stitched and beautifully coming together, we would say, what are those parts? And those parts are these. In him, all things, so what? The in him is the big picture with the thing you see up on the wall when you look from far away. The all things is the middle layer, everything that's in between that you don't see. And the so what is the backside of the blanket that comes in contact with us. How does God's will then come into contact with us? So in him, all things, so what? So then, let's look at the first Layer. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10. I'll show it to you here on the slide. It says this. Here's God's eternal plan. This is it. This is it. This is God's plan. 
for everyone, for everything, for all time. This is God's will. This is the meaning of our existence. This is why we're here on the planet. This is creation, redemption, fall, redemption, restoration, everything in this verse. Ephesians 1.10, it says, The plan, here it is, church, here's the plan for the fullness of time, is to unite all things in him. The plan for the fullness of time, for all of eternity, for everyone and everything, everywhere and anywhere, is this. This is it. To unite all things in him. So what does that mean? My kids have marble jars. They've got coin jars. Got Lego bins and magnetile bins. Got ball boxes. And we English speakers think of the preposition in, like I N. We think you put something in it. So when I read this phrase and I think all things in Him, I sort of scratch my head a little bit, and I don't understand why Paul signs all his letters like in Him. It doesn't make sense. What does it mean to be in Christ? Like, do I go into Jesus like a marbles in a jar? What it means is this, and I want to challenge, first I'm going to challenge your thinking, then challenge your living. Here's the thinking part. When we think of Jesus, a lot of times we think, okay, Jesus, what is he? Oh, Christian, he's the fix, he's my savior, he's the cross. Woohoo, Jesus. It's like a band-aid, you know, we got a cut, we got an ouchie, you need Jesus. Is that it? Or is there something more? What we find when we look at the biblical picture of Jesus, he's not just the fix. I know we put up timelines like across the stage and we put the cross in the middle because we want people to see that. But the thing is, is Jesus was way before the cross and Jesus is way after the cross. In fact, when you read Ephesians and you read Colossians and you read the other New Testament letters, what you see, it's not just about a temporary time span on earth. But it's about the eternal will of God. And in this, you see Jesus present every step of the way. For in him we live and move and have our being. And in him all things hold together. He hung the planets in place. And so Jesus is not just a guy who came at Christmas. But Jesus is the guy who always was and is and is to come. The eternal tapestry, yes, we see at Christmas. Because that's tangible. But it existed long before the world even began. And so way back when, when God is creating the world, guess who's a part of that? Jesus. Jesus is active, involved in the creation of the world. And Jesus participates in that creation knowing that that creation will rebel against him. And knowing that he will have to give his life to save her. And knowing all that he will go through, he still makes it. And there he is, putting the foundations of the earth in place. And then come people, and then the fall, and God is not going, oh no, what do we do next? But instead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in perfect triune unity are saying, yep, we got this. This is what we're going to do, just like our plan. Jesus, yep, yes sir, I will. And he goes. Comes human, part of his creation, the infinite becomes finite. 
The infinite becomes finite and he gives his life and he dies on the cross. He's buried in tomb. He's risen on the third day. And those who believe in him receive the Holy Spirit and are born again. But it doesn't end there. Doesn't. That's just the evangelistic crusade. But it is not over. That's just the start. After that comes the fixing of all that's been broken and mixed up, messed up. And then eventually the king returns, conquers his enemies, forever and ever gets rid of sin, remakes the world, and then sets up his eternal kingdom on this planet. And we live in perfect bliss and harmony forever and ever. Amen? Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. Let's get rid of all the bad and get only have good. But it's not going to happen from our perspective overnight. That's the eternal plan of God. In other words, Jesus was at the beginning. Jesus is in the middle. And Jesus is at the end. The plan is Jesus. From start to finish, he is the whole kit and caboodle. So when Paul writes these words in every single one of his letters, it's in him, in whom, in him we live and move and have our being. Meaning, he kind of means that. When he talks about the jar, it's a big jar, but it's an eternal jar. Like the universe, people, the planets are all in Jesus. We go up and are consumed in this cosmic, supernatural, huge deity. In him we live and move and have our being. He holds it together. If he drops it, it all falls apart. There we are, in Jesus. So in him. So when I pull out this picture, I know that was deep, but look. When I pull it out, that's what you should see. Just a big picture of Jesus. Not just the cross in the middle, but like Jesus at the beginning, Jesus in the middle, and Jesus at the end. It's all going that way. That's the will. That's the picture. But where we get all wrapped up and tangled up is the stuff in between. Like, we want this nice soft backing, but what we don't understand is all the pokey, ouchy, scratchy, difficult that's in the middle. If we were building the quilt, we'd put the softest silk in there. But when God does this plan, for some reason, he allows evil to come in and we experience all this trauma and tragedy in our lives and our minds go, why? It's not make sense. I don't like it. And either that means... God, you're not good, or God, you're not in control, or God, you don't exist. That's what happens when we reason from the problem. But if we go back to the solution, to the eternal will of God, the plan, we find this is how it comes into contact with us. How does this impact me then? Okay, Jeremy, you just painted a huge picture of the will of God. Beautiful. But how does that impact me? Here's the encouraging part, and this is why I want you to remember these two words. These are why the big words are there. So the plan is for the fullness of time to unite all things in him. But then if we look at it again, what we see is the plan for the fullness of time is to unite, next slide, all things in him. All things. Did you hear that, church? All things. Not just the good things, but all things. Every single little thing that has ever been done or happened, good or evil, all things. Somehow, in the infinite wisdom and mysterious mind of God, all things in heaven and earth are brought together for good. And that does not make sense. That requires faith because we see evil and we see bad and we experience it and it hurts and we go, oh, I don't get that. All 
things. All things. You could hang your life on these two words. All things. Everything. In him. Well, Dutch theologian Abraham Kuyper says it like this. He says, there is not one square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign, does not cry, mine. All things. Sin does not win. A.T. Lincoln, another scholar, says it like this. There is therefore no aspect of this universe outside the scope of God's redemptive purpose. All things. All things. In him, all things. Do we have a guarantee? When I go out there and that wind is blowing and it's cold and it hurts and it's snowy and I'm not sure that I'm going to make it through. Do I have a guarantee? Is there anything that will give me confidence? All things in him. Guaranteed. I can't compare that to the weather. I can't compare that to my retirement. I can't compare that to my job or relationship or health or anything else. There's nothing like it. There's only one who can weave everything together perfectly so that all things come together in him. There's a new song out by Mercy Me. It's called The Best News Ever. Has anybody heard that yet? Yeah. I like it. I really like it. And it's kind of neat how a little song in two or three minutes can say what I'm trying to say like over the next <laughs> however long. And I read the words and they're really not that profound, but yet the idea is so significant. Is basically taking the idea of this, look, it's going to work. Like, I don't know how else to explain this to you, but I have the best news ever. And that is that Jesus has already won. Sin doesn't win. Jesus wins. It's done. Therefore, we win. We're good. It's a beautiful song. There's another one out, um, not by Mercy Me, but by, ooh, how's it go? Mm. All right. I'm not okay. We are messengers. You know that one too? Like everything is not right right now. But that's okay. Why? Because we're just going to wallow in our own sin and misery and never try to become more like Jesus? No. But because Jesus won, then there's a guarantee that I have a hope and reason and motivation for trying. So if I even fall down, I can get back up again knowing it doesn't matter how many, many times. Because Christ has already won. So I can just go and go and go and go. See, here's what confidence does. I've moved this slide all over on our guys, so I'm sorry. Guys, show, let's see this uh, confidence slide. Here's what happens. Confidence, what it does, whether you're in your vehicle or whether in your life or whatever else, confidence goes like this. If, if you get a guarantee, you have confidence. And once you have confidence, you're courageous enough to try. And once you're courageous enough to try, you also experience the grace because you know that you're gonna win and therefore the grace gives you strength to try and try again. Like if you're on an awesome soccer team, you know at the end of the day, the score is going to be in your favor. 
You can put in the subs and let them have their best shots on goal and not worry about it if they miss. Who cares? It's going to be fun. It totally changes your attitude because you're going at this thing full bore. But man, if it's a close match and you're scared and you're unsure and you're... uh, But if you're confident that you're going to win, it changes your whole outlook. And so what you see in soccer and sports and driving and whatever, so too in the Christian life. If you know that Jesus is going to win, then what that does is it gives you the confidence to try. And when you go out there and try, you can have fun you can engage and if you lose that day it's only a day and it's okay and you get up and his mercies are new every morning great is his faithfulness doesn't depend on you it's on god now did you stop trying no it's like you believe that this eternal thing will happen but you live to the fullest in every moment and that belief is the confidence the real guarantee that motivates you to keep going and lets you know you'll make it through. It's a springboard or the stair step that drives you along. So what are the layers of the quilt? First layer, Jesus. In Him. In Him. Creation, fall, redemption, restoration. In Him. Everything in Him. In Him we live and move our, have our being. Layer two, what's layer two? Everything in between, which looks like, wow, to us, but God knows what he's doing. All things. And layer three, so what? So how does that impact me? Well, it's the guarantee. It's the thing that I need. It's the comfort. It's the soft part of my blanket. It's the thing that warms me and holds me tight. It keeps me going. I need a guarantee. I need a reason to press on. I need confidence. If I get that, I think, no, I'm certain, if I get that, that God will move me forward in his grace. And so for me, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. I'm hoping, in your own way, you can use my words, use your own words, whatever it is, you'll develop something for 2019 that you might sort of work on just over and over again to get this peg drilled deep down into your soul. And what I've done is this. I've grabbed my phone out of my pocket and I said, Hey Siri, remind me. 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Because for me, that's kind of like going out and coming back. And I want my days to be framed by this thought. Like, Siri, remind me this. Remind me this. Siri, God is good. God is control. Jesus wins. And I will be resurrected. Just tell me that every day, Siri. And when you say it, I'll say it, and then I'll just mark it off, and that's it. Can I get there? Can I beat that ski track in my mind down so firmly that no matter what comes my way, I follow that path? But I don't like to. I don't want to. God is good. God is in control. Jesus wins. And I will be resurrected. Oh, I hate this of all things. Why today? That is not what I do. God is good. God is in control. Jesus wins. And I will be resurrected. Man, I messed up again. I can't believe it. I hate myself. God is good. God is in control. 
Jesus wins, and I will be resurrected. Over and over again, whichever way the devil tries to sway me, I want to come back to that path. I think, if I, I believe, if I believe that truly, and I see that guarantee in front of me, I will drive into the storm in a whole different way. When that comes, I won't be fearful and holding back and wandering, but instead I'll say, oh Lord, come what may, I may fall, I may mess up, I'm not good enough, I don't have enough, my resources, my abilities, my friends, whatever, but you are enough. And I know at the end of the day that we're going to get there. We will. I know. It may stink getting there. It may be a really miserable, difficult, long path. But at the end of the day, I will be resurrected. If I am believing in Jesus, and the same thing that happens to him will happen to me. Because I'm in him. And in him we live and move and have our being. And all of creation, redemption, fall, restoration, the whole thing. Summed up. That's the confidence I need. That's where I find my peace. That's where I find my hope. That's where I find my grace and rest. So put it in Siri. Put it in your password. Put it on your garage door. Label your pillboxes. Whatever you have to do, but get it in. These are the layers of God's redemptive plan. In Him, in Him, all things, in Him, all things are redeemed. Even me. Lord, we praise you. And thank you. For your perfect. And matchless love. Lord Jesus, there is none like you. Ask God as we get ready to sing. About your greatness. And our savior. You would let us not forget these words this week. In him, all things. In him, all things. Lord, there's many things I don't understand. There's many things I'm not capable of handling. But you and your grace and your power will see us through. In Jesus' name, amen.